You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. Thank you for tuning into this multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, and Latino politics and news. This is a Latino reaction to the recent released Uvalde report. And we want you to know that the video of this will air on fox26houston.com. The audio will air on 90.1 FM KPFT, your community station. And of course, we'll also share it through all social media platforms. Today, we have several guests who want to give a broader context to the Uvalde report because it appears to address the law enforcement response, which is vital. And I think that's gotten the most attention. But we also need to talk about the other facets that have led up to this and really how we can unite to make sure our community is attended to and safe uh, from now on. So um, our guest today will include uh, Claudia Yanez, who is a uh, civic engagement advocate. Hi, Claudia. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me. And we'll also be joined by St Texas State Representative Christina Morales and Texas uh, residents also, including El Castillo, president of LULAC Council 60, and then Gracie Sines, vice president of LULAC Council 60 as well. I'm gonna bring them in to say hi right now. And uh, hey, Gracie, thank you for joining us, appreciate it. Hi, Tony, it's, it's great to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. And State Representative Morales, thank you for joining us. I know thank you're on the you. road, I'm correct? I'm in the car driving. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, but thank you for having me and thanks for having this discussion. No, by all means, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Of course, we are we are remote, but we wanted to make sure that we brought attention to this right now because the report just came out. And we'll be giving different facets, including we'll be talking about how Lulac Council 60 went to Uvalde, made a donation. Uh, we'll be talking about the voter response. I actually met... Uh, Claudia in Austin when she was making the rounds as part of uh, Jolt and getting people to get the vote out, which is vital at this time. But we're going to start with State Representative Christina Morales. Um, so the report just came out. It seems to cover police response specifically. Um, you want to give us your take since you are part of the Texas legislature? There was a systemic failure on uh, the part of the officers, both or local, state, federal, all the way around. Um, and none of the laws that we've been working on here in this situation. Uh, at the end of the day, an 18 year old was able to purchase a weapon of mass destruction and to, um, you know, assassinate all these young children and um, and the two teachers. Yeah. I really think that the one takeaway should be that 18-year-olds should not be uh, allowed to, to buy this type of weapon. And 
there was discussion about could lives have been saved had uh, medical attention been brought to the victims sooner, the ones who died along the way to the hospital or the ones who were shot in the classroom. But the reality is, is that this weapon is designed to, uh, I mean, destroy uh, the human body. And it was created, I was just uh, reading something where it was created to even go through, you know, when you think about uh, people who are in the army and in the battlefield and they're wearing these helmets, it's designed to go through that. So to be used in this manner is just outrageous to me. And I just, I, I really don't think that, uh, you know, civilians should have access to this type of weaponry to begin with. But at minimum, we should be changing the age um, to age 21 because the law works. This young man wanted to have this type of weaponry before he was even 18 years old. So the law worked. He was not able to get it until he turned 18. So I think those are some of the big, big takeaways. And this is something that we do need to be thinking about as we move forward. Appreciate you lending those insights because you as a a legislator know how laws work. So you made a great point there in that the law that prevents 18-year-olds from purchasing the weapons kept him from getting it before he did. But the fact that 18-year-olds can get them is what allowed an 18-year-old who's disgruntled, suicidal, um, to hold that bay. I'm just going to round up 400 trained law enforcement officers. I think those are some great points to bring up. The, the chaos that ensued can't be addressed by single sentences in these policies. And what I want to stress too, why is a writer show talking about this? This is the impact of words. And the public's been lulled into a false sense of security by thinking that these policies will protect us. We've just seen otherwise. And the Uvalde report talks about how some of those issues came to play and breaks down that trained law enforcement could not play that role in it. Um, I'm going to bring in um, LULAC Vice President from LULAC Council 60, Gracie Sines, who's also uh, formerly from City Council and also a lawyer. Um, You actually went down to Uvalde and LULAC Council 60 made a significant donation to the community. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We want to really color in what it's like there in, in the community. Thanks, Tony. Um, First of all, I want to correct something. I am not the vice president. I am uh, heading up the advocacy committee for uh, LULAC Council 60, and I do have the president here, Al Castillo, with me. Um, I think it's important to this this whole sense of hopelessness sometimes in community. Uh, What can you do? What uh, is the immediate opportunity to help? where do we go? How do we do it? Uh, I mean, there was just a great sense of, of horror of what happened. Uh, and then the sense that somehow or another that could have happened to our kids, to our grandkids, to our children. I think the most important thing that we wanted people in Uvalde to know was that they are not alone and that there were many in, in this state, uh, in our city, that uh, felt the pain 
And how do you ease any of it? Uh, I, we just, we were at a loss. Uh, the only thing we needed to do was when uh, they extended an, an invitation to go and um, and visit, uh, we we hopped on the opportunity. We said, let, it, let us go. Uh, there was a group that was put together by uh, another LULAC member from another council, Isidro Garza, uh, and a van was obtained from the county that allowed uh, county employees to also go. So there was a caravan of individuals that, that got to go to the actual location uh, of, of this horrible incident. I don't even want to call it an incident. It's, it's just a, a tragedy. Um, so once there, uh, we were able to visit the, the elementary school. We, we actually got to see the enormous outpouring of people that brought flowers and candles and and stuffed animals and pictures and uh, the the uh, memorials just kept growing on and on and on. It's almost like people just wanted to say, you know, I'm here. We we remember you. We won't forget you. Uh, our intent was, you know, what do what do we take as as a group? Uh, so. We quickly asked uh, Arte Publico Press from uh, the University of Houston and Dr. Carolina Villarreal was gracious enough to, to quickly access bilingual books uh, to take to the children. So um, what's there, of course, is trying to figure out who or, or where can we drop them off. The libraries, unfortunately, were closed. The, um, the elementary school course was closed. Many the community members were attending actual funerals, uh, so they were not at the locations, the memorials. And many of the individuals that we were running into were actually from other locations throughout the state and, and country that had arrived with a sense of they too wanted to, to be there and, and have a sense of, of offering some sort of com comfort. There was a, a gentleman there from Dallas that I remember was carting around a, a ice chest and he had water in it and he just was you know out giving water to people as they were visiting these memorials so the the law enforcement uh, individuals that were there many of them again from out other locations they were there volunteering to uh, help uh, their brothers uh in law enforcement to attend these these um funerals and many of them were the ones that finally uh, let us know that the child advocates for Uvalde uh, would appreciate the books. So we were able to go and visit with them and they took the books uh, and we have made contact with the Blue Bonnet Children's Advocates that has offices in Hondo and in Uvalde. And that's where we have also given our contribution as well as uh, a small contribution by our council. We're going to ask you to bring in uh, Al Castillo. As we show some pictures that you're sharing with us, we want to share those pictures. Now, I know that our friends on radio might not see those pictures, but we think it's important that we archive that and, and document the, the outreach. Um, and uh, Al, uh, Al Castillo, President of the Council City, you want to share what we're, what we're looking at and, and try and describe it for our radio listeners, please? Well, sure, Tony. Thanks so much for this this forum here and this platform. Um, 
we just had to go. We had we had we we had questions that we needed to see for ourselves to get answered. Uh, we did know that we were going to make a contribution to this, you know, to this community. Uh, but we wanted to go and do some fact finding and find out who is in most need. What do they need most as far as our contribution is concerned? <clears throat> we got a lot of help. Um, like Gracie explained, uh, the police officer says, "Well, you got to go to this place." What was the name of that place, Gracie? It was the 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 Blue Bonnet Child Advocates. All kids, and they were all in there, and and of course they were affected. They were doing the best they can. They they were doing the best that they they could under the circumstances. Uh, the counselors were there. They were very attentive, and they just sold us. We gave them the books, and we told them, "Look, we'll we're going to send some money. We'll be back." Um, um, just, I mean, they were still in shock, and so were we. That place was just loaded with uh, with negative vibes. It was just, it was just not. It it, it was like it was uh, bad juju, man. <laughs> it was a sadness, uh, Tony, to to the uh, whole. Uh, place it was not just at the memorials but throughout the whole city of uvalde you could feel it from everywhere you went uh, a, a sadness the pictures that we are sharing with you is our pictures of the group uh, at the memorial in front of the elementary school roberts elementary itself um this is uh, some of the, the the individuals that went with us from houston and uh, some of our, our, our LULAC council members, as well as representatives from Harris County uh, Commissioner's uh, Office, uh, Adrian Garcia's office. Uh, and, um, you know, again, it, it was a, many of them uh, also wanted to do something. They wanted to give something. So they brought a box of stuffed teddy bears uh, and all of them got a chance to place those teddy bears in front of the pictures of, of the victims of the children. Um, and I guess the other thing that, that kind of hit us was the fact that as we looked at those photographs, you know, everything from their first communion to their, you know, school pictures to family pictures, uh, it just was a little bit of, of overwhelming sentiment of, of them being so young and, and children. And that really hit. Uh, it was it was a difficult difficult moments for all of us. Um, but somehow or another, that was also a a moment to know that that could happen anywhere, and you know, and it is happening. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere now, uh, you know what happened in Santa Fe over here, so close to to our city. Mm -hmm. uh, what happened in El Paso? Uh, you know, it's 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 churches, it's it's parks, it's events, it's schools, it's you know hospitals, you name it. Uh, these mass shootings are just occurring everywhere, and it, and it's a sad depiction of our time of this violence that is taking place, and um, trying to figure out to wrap your arms around, you know, what is going on. Uh, I'm not sure that that whole um, discussion about you know, how do you defend yourself from, you know, a bad guy with a gun is, you know, you just have a good guy with a gun. Uh, you know, there you go. Uh, so what happens next? You know, you, you now have two dead victims or two dead individuals eventually. Uh, I'm not sure we should be fighting violence or, you know, fire with fire, as they say. That's a great but, point, but, though. Yeah. So how do how do we handle it? You know, what are some some legislations? I think sometimes it's, it's the reality is 
we have guns everywhere. So how do we help our community understand their responsibility as a gun owner? going to be talking to Claudia um, Yanez and then also State Rep Morales again. But what we're trying to do is fill in the blanks. So yes, the Uvalde report came out. Let's put it in context. That seems to be an assessment of the law enforcement response. It also breaks down information about the attacker. Um, however, what you're touching on and what your photos and, and your donations to Uvalde show is that there's more to this. And as you're alluding to, what needs to be addressed would be, well, which gun safety issues would change this moment and, and prevent it from happening again, or especially so prevalent, so prevalently. And then additionally, the mental health issue um, and more and more and more and more. I want to bring in now um, to add more aspects to this, and we'll come back to you in, in one second. Uh, we do want to bring in... Uh, Claudia Yanez, and I had the pleasure of uh, meeting Claudia when we were in Austin for one of our book events, and you were there with Jolt promoting civic engagement, registering people to vote. Why is that of the utmost importance right now? Um, thank you, Tony, for, for that question. Um, it's of utmost importance right now because while there's a lot of angles to this problem and that have already been mentioned, the mental health, um, you know, the, the video games, um, as well as the law enforcement response. Um, I think the gun laws, uh, among other things, are um, have to be viewed in the list of contributing factors. And, you know, my observation from reading this report you know, one of the very first things stated in the um, executive summary is that, you know, the objective is a critical examination of the contributing factors with an S. <laughs> There's many factors. And it, it boggles my mind that even though this is a um, interim report, you know, and acknowledged is not the final report, um, it still sets the tone for what's going to come from this investigative committee. And in my mind, it's a huge omission to leave out um, gun safety and gun safety policy and gun safety laws as a contributing factor. Um, you know, there's, there's facts referenced in the report about um, obtaining the gun, um, you know, whether the owner of the store noticed anything odd versus customers of the store who, you know, testified or uh, reported to the FBI something quite different from what the store owner described. Um, and, you know, policy, gun policy, gun safety policy is something that is established in the state of Texas by the Texas legislature. And starting from the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the elected representatives, which for the past 20 years have been under the control of the Republican Party. We have an election coming up this year. 
for those seats of political power, for the governor who has the power to veto bad legislation or uh, pass good legislation, um, the lieutenant governor position, which is actually very powerful in the state of Texas, the lieutenant governor essentially sets the agenda for the legislature. The lieutenant governor determines what laws will be put up for a vote and what laws don't even make it onto a vote. Um, the attorney general, the land commissioner, the railroad commissioner, which by the way has nothing to do with railroads and everything to do about energy, which we know the problems with that in Texas. So these are very powerful individuals, very powerful leaders that determine what kind of safety laws, what kind of uh, um, school laws, what kind of mental health funding. Um, they're in control of all of that. And if we don't take the time to do our part and register to vote and do our homework and understand what their stands are on these issues we care about and find out when election day is and find out where your polling location is, I would argue we also are to blame for not engaging, for not participating. And you know, not knowing what to do is no excuse. You have months until the November 8th election to get registered, um, to do your homework and to show up. Um, you know, one of the things again in this committee report, this committee is looking to understand what happened and make recommendations and you know, so that actions are taking that, taken that honor this just horrific loss of lives. Um, and I would challenge all the listeners today, um, you, your way to honor these victims is to do your part in engaging and participating in the process so that you know, we take the power and the control back to the policies that we need, that there's actually a lot of agreement in the state um, to do, to, to improve the safety of our kids. That, that's really powerful. We're about to bring in uh, State Representative Cristina Morales, but you really touch on some important components. So on behalf of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say and Latino politics in news, we're going to take up your call and we are going to lean even more heavily to do our part to spread the word. But as you're saying, we're going to spread the word to the next layer of folks, but they've got to spread it to the next and they have to spread it to the next because it's clear that the wrong policies are killing our community. I'm just gonna mention a couple, we may not have time to get to this, and then we wanna talk about uh, uh, other parts to this, but one, as State Representative Morales mentioned, 18 year olds in Texas can now buy assault rifles. And we saw where an 18 year old was now able to fend off almost 400 law enforcement officers. Uh, in Texas, um, Governor Abbott has taken credit for passing a law where anyone can own a gun now. Before, you had to take tests, you had to be registered. That's no longer the case. I'd like to see more studies about how this proliferation of guns is not only impacting the safety in Houston, as well as all of Texas, but in other states, including Mexico. Are these guns being shipped across the border? I have heard that they are. I'd like to see more data about that. And then lastly, for now, because there's more to this, I do want to talk about at some point, the mental health issues. In that, I've heard statistics that are saying that there's about $200 million less in mental health concerns and public safety here in Texas. 
Um, are we losing money then because, you know, uh, we were using money for the Lone Star uh, immigration policies or money for building the wall, et cetera, not taking federal grants because Biden touched the money. I'm going to stop there because that's too many. But I do want to point out that this is so complicated. I think only shows like ours can tackle it because we want to complicate the issue. We're going to bring in State Representative Christina Morales. Uh, thank you for, for hanging in there. We know you had some technical difficulties. Thanks for staying on. We know you're traveling. We appreciate you, you joining us. Um, we brought a lot up. Anything you want to add um, from your well, perch? Well, I, the... I really, really have to thank uh, LULAC Council 60, my LULAC Council, for uh, everything that they did in the in the days, uh, uh, weeks, and months after this uh, horrific event and to go and support the families. That is so important, and we must continue to do that and continue to go out and visit and continue to fight for them most of all. And... Um, uh, I appreciate what Jolt is doing. Uh, you guys are amazing, and I appreciate everything that you just said because it, it's uh, so important for our folks to get out and vote. You are absolutely right about what you said, that this affects our Latino community. Latino children died in this massacre. When the grid fails us, I am a funeral provider and I saw our families in our Latino communities die from freezing to death. That is outrageous in the uh, energy capital of the, the world, not even just the nation, but the world that we have people dying from that. The COVID response had a direct impact on our Latino community. We need to be outraged by what has happened and we need to uh, get out and vote. There is no accountability in this state right now because it is all Republican-led. There is no one to hold these people accountable. We try so hard, we file bills, we work on legislation, and there is no accountability. Uh, we know that the federal government has uh, you know, uh, earmarked dollars for mental health. You were talking about mental health a minute ago. And, uh, you know, I was trying to find out how much money of that is actually going to mental health. So we got to stay on it and make sure that that money is spent on mental health. There's so many people um, that even though they may not have been directly affected by what happened in Uvalde, they're still suffering from mental health. Teachers, we're not even talking about teachers are just struggling to teach kids in school. And so many are leaving uh, the profession. And how are we going to keep our teachers? It's just like, I just feel like there's so many problems that we need to address and there's no accountability. Uh, thinking back on what happened in Uvalde and the response from the Republican leadership, just not good. I mean, the, the governor came out and his first account of what had happened was just so wrong. Uh, and know at some point he saw those videos and he knew there was systemic failure and he has said nothing about that. Uh, we should be outraged. He should have had someone in office there in Uvalde to deal with everything that's going on and to answer the questions that people have, the victims, uh, families, uh, because some of them have not even talked to the governor. He never attended any of the funerals. I mean, these, these things are so important when it comes to 
to these types of situations, but we get the same response. It's the same response after every mass shooting that thoughts and prayers, we're going to form a committee and nothing comes out of these committee reports. We should be back in session. We should have been back in session the week after this happened so that we could pass bills that actually protect our kids. But we haven't done any of that. We're going into the next school year with nothing changed. Nothing has changed. And we need to be outraged and we need to be protesting. But most importantly, we need to get our votes because we are the game changers in this state. And when I say that, I mean Latinos. We can make all the difference that we need to see in our state. That, that's really powerful because maybe the takeaway needs to be that we have to demand that everyone running for office bring up specific policies to address all of these issues. The report goes at length. Um, it does, it does, I think it is wise to not name the attacker and they go by the policy of just calling him the attacker because he should not gain infamy as seems to be one of the driving forces for this. Um, but it does break down a lot of his rearing and I'm, I'm torn because it seems to want to, you know, say, well, that he was, this is why he did it. On the other hand, um, it also talks about the underfunding of schooling because he was bullied. He had, uh, stuttering problems, which means he should have had uh, some special attention. Um, you know, he, he was in a household that was unstable of no way, shape, or form am I justifying anything that he's saying. What I'm saying is that this addresses the suicide rate for teens. This seems like there's a now a trend of suicide-prone individuals that do not want to go out alone. And and now, because they get assault rifles, they want to wreak, wreak havoc before they, they die. The, the other thing I want to add, too, is that, um, and I don't want to get too, into it too much because this is a whole show as well. I've heard right now, then, that schools in Texas are employing an armed officer per campus. And here's what boggles my mind. After this report, one 18-year-old kept at bay 400 law enforcement officers. So it seems you need 400 more law enforcement officers per schools then, or we need to address all these other facets. Texas being the way it is, 
we will not use any of those funds because, you know, the the um, the powers that be, that those that are in charge, don't agree with red flag laws or or wouldn't want to work on passing red flag laws. But uh, had the when he was 16 years old or 17 years old and asking to purchase a gun, that could have been a potential a, a time that he could have not been able to purchase a gun because he has these tendencies or you know different things like that and there's so much more that could have been done that wasn't and um, you know we need accountability in texas that's a great point uh representative morales because in the report it walks through all these different folks that had certain exposure to his possible intent but you're right it's not clear who they call do they call the police department i don't I, honestly i have no idea how to call the fbi I, I don't know how to call the cia um these are really great questions and even in the school most people don't realize that when we hear the word school counselor that has come to mean an important individual who's going to schedule your classes uh make sure that you're on the right track they're not sitting down with students and saying Oh my God! Tell this mention that he had all these issues. He can't talk to them about that. So I'm glad you brought that up. And these should be implemented. Um, Claudia, did you have some data you wanted to share with us? Um, I do, and I think it's super important. Um, I mean, it, it's natural and human of us to have the emotional response. Um, you know, like others on this call, I also made the trip. I'm, I'm originally from Del Rio, so I'm very familiar with Uvalde. Um, it's, it's in route whenever I go visit my family. And I also stopped, had an opportunity to stop um, there recently and stand in front of the memorials. And I mean, you, I don't know how anyone cannot uh, visit there and just break down from the sadness. And I'll just share a quick anecdote about that. Um, you know, there, there was one child in particular, and I won't say his name, one of the victims, that reminds me so much of my own youngest son. And uh, so I made it a point to stop and, and visit his memorial. And, and what, I, what I read on there was a note from his bus driver <laughs> saying how much she was going to miss him. And I just lost it. I mean, you don't think about that, right? Like what these children meant not only to their parents and their friends, but you know all of the interactions and all of the relationships they had in that community that have been taken. So I, I just wanted to add that really quickly. But um, we have to we have to put that emotion aside um, it, because it's not enough, right? We have to examine the facts um, in this report and elsewhere. We have to make data based recommendations and data-based decisions so that this doesn't happen to any other families in the future. And I just wanted to share, um, you know, you, you introduced me as a, <clears throat> a an activist, uh, an advocate for civic engagement. I'm, I'm no expert. I just started in this last year, literally. Anyone listening to this um, can engage, can approach this as a beginner like I did. And what you'll quickly find, found, find out, like I did, was that there's a lot of people that have been doing this work, that need help doing this work, that are ready to teach you what you don't know, you know, what you need to know, who the, who the players are, you know, that you need to be um, advocating with, et cetera. So again, I go back to my challenge, engage, even if you don't know what you're doing. I still don't know fully what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. And I think 
our kids are, are worth that much. The, the facts I have, and I, it's a very nice one pager I got from Moms Demand Action, which is a group here in Texas and, and elsewhere in the United States um, from every town, um, and they're de dedicated to gun safety. And what I learned from them recently was that uh, in Texas, the rate of gun deaths has increased 38% from 2011 to 2020, compared to a 33% increase nationwide. So Texas is winning the US in a bad way. We're outpacing the rate of gun deaths in the United States. Um, the rate of gun suicides increased 15% and gun homicides increased 90% compared to a 12% increase and a 70% increase nationwide. Again, Texas outpacing in very bad metrics. And specific to um, raising the age limit to purchase these weapons, um, the data shows that 18 to 20 year olds commit gun hom homicides at triple the rate of adults 21 years and older. You can't buy alcohol if you're 18. Um, I understand you can't rent a car if you are 18, but you know, buy an AR-15 style weapon and 2000 rounds of high powered ammunition in Texas, totally fine, right? Why, why is that? Because we allow it, right? The, the, these are our laws that we've allowed. And to Representative Morales's point, you know, the federal uh, system has recently passed laws to try to change the direction on these things, but it requires our state leaders to take them up on, on that legislation. And if there's anything I have learned in the past year is that, again, our Republican controlled state legislature from the governor on down tend to, you know, thumb their nose at anything that the federal uh, leaders offer to improve the lives of everyday Texans. They leave money on the table, whether it's for healthcare or, you know, everyone keep an eye on what they do with the, the red flag law incentives that the federal uh, um, leaders recently enacted. Um, we need to hold them accountable and make sure that they implement and take them up on those red flag laws. And I'll just read really quickly from, again, from the Everytown group. It, um, the red flag laws empower those who might who are most likely to see the warning signs. If you haven't read the full report, um, please do so because you will see there were plenty of warning signs, right? From all the way from the family members to teachers um, to other professionals in the school and in the local community. And what was jarring to me when I read about you know, his act of purchasing these weapons or picking up these weapons there in Uvalde is that there was a law that, um, you know, flagged that he had purchased, I believe, two of these guns, like within a certain period of time that did raise a, a, a red flag federally. But that information wasn't shared with any anyone locally, whether it was the sheriffs or, you know, school officials, police, nobody you know, a total weakness in that law, in my opinion, that, you know, you have a, a federal red flag, but then that information goes nowhere. And he proceeds to, you know, go, go home carrying two $3,000 rifles and 2,000 rounds of ammunition. Thank you for, for sharing that, not just the policy, but your emotional response to 
to being there at the memorial in, in Uvalde. Um, this is, this is uh, we're nearing the end of the, of the program. I think I want to make clear that this is the beginning of a discussion. And we have to keep talking about this through November so that real changes happen to save people's lives. Um, we can go around and maybe get some final words from, from each of our guests. And, and maybe you can help us uh, stay motivated, stay, stay on point, and, and really work for some changes. Um, uh, we'll let Council 60, um, what would you like to add? You know, uh, Tony, I, I just wanted to add that um, uh, State Representative Morales did hold some town hall meetings. And in those town halls, she had representatives from law enforcement. Uh, and the ISDs there, and it was sad to hear, you know, the the, <clears throat> you know, police from the uh, uh, HISD talking about the safety measures that they have to go through, uh, the training, the the preparation of students, the the things that they now have to be cognizant of, uh, and and the resources that they're going to need. And it's a shame to think that now we're having to spend all of this money to re retrofit door security, uh, cameras, you know, training, and our kids, I mean, uh, that money should be going to their education. And and it's just, we, we need to speak up. We need, we need people uh, to be aware of, you know, where 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 are we spending our money, and and how are we spending it, and and is it really securing our kids? So I think that those monies could be better spent and in prevention and helping with with issues that, uh, you know, red flag laws, um, things for mental health, um, the um, the needs that our community has for. Uh, food uh, insecurity for, um, um, you know, tech, technology and, and on and on. The list goes on uh, to help our, our, our families. And yet, uh, somehow or another, right now, because of what happened, our resources are now having to be redirected to this, this craziness of securing our schools. So, Christine, I really appreciate the fact that you uh, took it a you know you and Marianne and some of the state reps held these town hall meetings to to really let people know uh, how these changes in laws are starting to affect, are affecting our communities. Hello, my turn. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to bore you with uh, with uh, stats, but I'm going to give you some that jumped out at me. Uh, there's 300 plus mass shootings so far this year. That means four more people involved, including the shooter. <clears throat> there are more guns in the U.S. today than there are people. Last year, I'm sorry, 22,000 citizens so far this year have been killed by gun violence. Last year, 40,000 plus. Uh, you combine those two years in just two years, and you, you compare that to the Vietnam conflict, which 58,000 Americans were killed, that took 15 years and we did it in two on our streets, in our neighborhoods, at our schools. And that's just, that's, that's just unacceptable. Uh, I've heard everybody go around and register to vote and all that. It takes political action, people. We have to stand up and we have to do it. We have to be boots on the ground. We have to ground pound and we have to, we have to learn how to elect people that 
aren't going to impede our progress as, as Hispanics in our communities. I mean, I could say, let's not vote for uh, whatever the governor's name is. Let's vote for Beto or somebody. I know that's that's not a political campaign slogan. It isn't, but we have to do something about the current administration in, in there because they're not looking out for the communities who are who are being affected. They're only looking out for themselves uh, and their agendas, uh, along with the NRA and, and the gun manufacturers. Now, the NRA is not what it once was. Uh, they got into some financial difficulty. They got their they got immersed in their own greed. Uh, they moved to Texas, so they have a very strong presence here now. Uh, so that that could be a whole big driving force of what Abbott and his cronies are doing. We have to make sure that we show up to the polls. I too would like to do um, as a community-based town hall meetings and, and invite everybody. And I, I was trying to plan one, but it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I do want to invite Joel. I would like to see the women of League and uh, women, League, moms, moms we, League of Women Voters and Moms uh, yeah. Demand Action. And, and the other community-based uh, organizations that want to get out there, spread the word. Um, and if it comes down to, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen a good boycott in a long time. I bet if we tie up, the, if we tie up their commerce for 24 hours, I think that would make a huge difference. And that's all it's, it's political. It's, it's political action. That's all there is to it. That's the bottom line. Otherwise it's going to continue to happen. Thank Sorry. you, Al. Sounds like a plan. Uh, Representative Morales, uh, parting words? Yes. Okay. Um, I just want to thank Claudia and take, thank again, Lulac Council 60, because they've really hit the nail on the head. It's all mm -hmm. about uh, getting involved and educating our community. Uh, you know, everybody on this call or everybody listening or listens to it later, think about those family members that you have mm -hmm. that uh, are undecided or maybe aren't, uh, you know, confident in our uh, in the way the system works, educate them about what's going on and how voting and laws do act actually affect the changes uh, that we need. Um, you know, it's just it's it's really time for all this to happen. We love Moms Demand Action. We love every town. I met with some of those folks uh, at a conference re re recently, and they are amazing. But at the end of the day. These are issues that are affecting our community and our community needs to be the voice and to be the ones to stand up and to make the changes that we need to see. I appreciate you, Tony, for doing this. Uh, it is so important to educate our community that I'm all about that, making sure that we're making informed decisions and making sure that we get out and vote and get people registered. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm always gonna be for that. And thank you so much for having me. We appreciate that. And again, I want to voice that commitment again on behalf of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. Well, let me first say that. Sometimes people think, well, your group should not be involved in this issue or that issue. Let's get something straight. It is fundamental for us to make sure that the language and policies helps our communities. Who better than writers to break that down? Obviously, Latino politics and you should be involved in this, but we're making a commitment on, uh, for both of those shows to help with these issues. We want to join hands with all of you again, uh, maybe some of those live events as well. And I think 
I think when some officials get voted out or into office based on what we need done in our community, then the whole face of policy will change. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Gracie. Thank you, Representative Morales. I want to thank Roxana Guzman for producing our multi-platform shows. I also want to thank Rodrigo Bravo Jr. for editing our audio for our radio broadcast. I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, this is Tony Diaz, El Libro Tapicante, on behalf of Nuestra Palabra and Latino Politics News, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you.